Hello, and welcome to Assurity's Focus on Voluntary Benefits podcast. In this series, we're discussing the state of the voluntary benefits market, as well as trends and tips that you can use to boost your business. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Heather Garbers. As Vice President of Voluntary Benefits at Hub International, Heather helps clients engage employees with customized benefit, enrollment, and communication solutions. Before joining the Hub team in 2015, she gained experience on the carrier side with GBS Benefits and Allstate. Heather is a certified voluntary benefits specialist and executive member of the National Advisory Board for the Voluntary Benefits Association. She earned the Employee Benefits News Voluntary Advisor of the Year Award in 2015, and in 2016 was named one of 15 women in insurance you need to know by Life Health Pro. Welcome, Heather. It is great to have you with us here today. Thanks for having me. Uh, before we begin, is there anything else you'd like to add about yourself for our audience? No, that about sums it up right there. Well, fantastic. It's an impressive resume for sure, and we're glad to have you on the show bringing some of that expertise. So let's let's get right into it uh, and talk about uh, some of the, the biggest questions right now in the, uh, the voluntary benefits space, especially those regarding COVID-19. Have you seen brokers and employers who prefer traditional face-to-face enrollments uh, change their approach as a result of COVID? Um, 100% we have. You know, we had enrollment firms that we partnered with that in the past had only worked with um, or worked on groups where you could do a face-to-face enrollment, and now they've transitioned 100% to call center enrollments. Um, we've seen an incredible increase in use of technology, uh, even groups that traditionally had shied away from using technology and like that one-on-one approach, paper apps, group meetings, all of that fun stuff um, have been transitioning to paper this year or to uh, electronic enrollments this year. So there's been a, a huge kind of change in methodology for our industry. And, and, you know, personally, I think it's for the best. I think, you know, the efficiencies that a client can get from an electronic enrollment, you know, can, can help them in the long run in terms of ongoing administration required on their end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in terms of that administration, there's a lot of technology and tools that can be used for it. Uh, not that long ago, some of these bigger ones like enrollment platforms and self-service enrollments were just for larger groups. Um, how have you seen carriers and enrollment firms adapt to the growing needs of these smaller employers who are going to virtual enrollments? That's a great question. Different enrollment platforms that we partner with have really come down market in terms of the size of case that they can accommodate on their platform and that, you know, and also with that solution that keeps it cost effective for the client. And I think that's also in part to the increase in use of API connections with our different carriers out there. The enrollment platforms aren't having to create a custom enrollment file for each different plan. And they have, you know, in some cases, a marketplace with those API connections already set up. That makes it very simple to turn on a file feed to some of the different carrier partners and, and keep costs down for our clients. The other thing I would add is that the LIMRA standardized file format that came out earlier this year, I think, will only help grow, um, you know, the appeal of these programs in the future because, you know, if we're using those file formats both on the carrier and on the platform side, it keeps it very simple. And again, we're not having to customize case by case each different file feed that's that's going out um, for the you know different products that a client might offer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned briefly there uh, APIs and uh, more of a pickup uh, of of them by uh, some of these smaller agencies um, and enrollment firms. Now, are you seeing more of uh, an adoption of the APIs uh, by carriers and uh, and agencies alike? 
We are. Uh, we have some carriers that we work with that their methodology is to only partner with platforms that they have an API connection with. Um, I think that does limit appeal of their program, you know, but, but you know, obviously they trust that connection and it's easier for them to accommodate that. For us, when we are working with technologies like Ether Navigator that have those marketplaces put together where they have an API connection with different carriers, you know, it, it with, when it comes to vetting different carriers' solutions for our clients, we're really looking to those carrier partners first because that, you know, means we don't have a set-up charge for um, adding their products to the client platform and that we're not having to manually get involved on an ongoing basis to submit that enrollment data. Um, and these APIs are just another one of the many ways the technology is uh, making its way into enrollment. Uh, now, virtual enrollment and self-service enrollment have come a long way in a very short time, APIs just being one of these, these new tools that are getting added. Uh, what are a couple of the biggest changes and enhancements that you've seen compared to just a couple of years ago? I, you know, I think we've um, come a long way very quickly, and I think COVID has, you know, pushed a lot of, you know, carriers and forms to adapt to a new methodology very, very quickly. We're seeing carriers provide more enrollment support tools, which I think is fantastic. So things like videos that will help complement an online self-service enrollment or virtual enrollment, calculators to help you calculate how much life insurance you need, for instance, email campaigns. And so carriers have really stepped up to help us provide those solutions for our clients of all, all um, sizes to help complement the enrollment, educate employees. The other thing um, that I think has been great that's come out of this is more interactive solutions when it comes to benefits. So, you know, text messaging um, or, you know, just an instant message service where you can ask benefit questions and get an instantaneous response. Um, for a lot of employee demographics, that's how they prefer to communicate and get their um, information. And, and so that's been, I think, very important and uh, a great add to our current virtual enrollment situation. We're also seeing more enrollment portals that are becoming mobile accessible or having mobile apps available. We're all on our smartphones these days. Um, and so it you know, really helps to, you know, when it comes to benefits of enrollment, be able to educate an employee from their smart device and then also be able to, for them to simply go through and, and do their enrollment from that as well, just because a lot of people don't have laptops anymore either. And then when it comes to enrollment firms, we're seeing them adopt more of a high-tech, high-touch service model. And so, you know, they're providing platforms in-house for clients that don't have them that can capture elections and all benefits. And then they're also, you know, providing that call center solution so employees that need, you know, the hand-holding, have questions, aren't comfortable with technology, can call in and speak to a live person and, and get their questions answered, comprehend their benefits, and take their elections over the phone. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's great that we're seeing more of these changes that help meet employees where they are uh, and make the enrollment process more painless for them. Now, what advice would you have for brokers conducting virtual enrollments of small groups without the aid or contracting with uh, an enrollment firm? The first thing that I'll say is what doesn't work. And what doesn't work is, you know, putting everything on a platform and asking, do you want health insurance, yes or no? Do you want accident insurance, yes or no? Do you want disability insurance, yes or no? That doesn't work. When it comes to a passive enrollment like that, you really are going to see employees take the path of least resistance and, and not take an action unless they need to. And then when they do go into that site, they're not getting the information they need. 
And so I would say the most important thing for a small broker to keep in mind is that, um, you know, if you are moving to an online self-service enrollment, especially if it's in the first year, you need quality data in the system. So I always recommend an active enrollment. So that means, you know, letting employees know if you want benefits this year, you have to log into the system and enroll or waive. With that, I would also say you should eliminate the waive all option in the, the system itself. And so, you know, some platforms will allow you to go in elect medical, waive the rest without going to each claim, viewing information, and, and then signing and finishing. And so when you eliminate that waive all option, you are basically forcing the employee to complete their enrollment um, by going to each plan, viewing the information about it, and then making an educated decision whether they'd like to waiver enroll in coverage. I think that's incredibly important because, you know, it's a true wave, right? You know that the employee has viewed information on that disability plan. That employee has acknowledged that maybe this is the only year they can um, qualify for coverage without evidence of maturability, then they're actively waiving it. The other thing I would say is, you know, when it comes to voluntary benefits specifically, your supplemental medical plans, your accident, your critical illness, your hospital indemnity, those should be right after the medical and the enrollment process because that's where it makes most sense, right? That helps in the employee's mind. They just learned about their medical plan, and now they're learning about these plans that will help complement that, complement that medical plan and fill in any gaps that they might have. So that's most important. In addition to that, I would add um, a thorough communication campaign is important, both pre-enrollment and during enrollment. And then I would say with that, communicate often and in different ways. That will help you appeal to the different ways employees will take information in. Um, some employees like to listen to information taken in that way. Some like to read information and learn about things that way. And um, some like to have a experience where they're able to ask questions and have somebody walk them through. So, you know, with that um, communication campaign, just make sure you're trying to appeal to the different um, generations in your workforce, the different demographics, and then the different way that, ways that people learn. Absolutely. I think that's all phenomenal advice for conducting virtual enrollments, um, especially the points about communication, uh, making sure that that's, that's clear. And I know there are some worries out there about uh, how impersonal virtual enrollments might feel. So I'd like to address that a little bit. Um, what's lost in a virtual meeting compared to when a broker is sitting across the desk from an employee or talking to a group in a meeting room? And uh, more importantly, what are some of the things that brokers can do in a virtual environment to build rapport and connect with employees? I think there's pros and cons, right? I think that what you lose um, from not having that, you know, person on site is a personal touch. You, you lose seeing, you know, sitting across the desk from somebody and seeing them and, you know, walking through it in person. So you, you definitely lose that. But, you know, the other side of that is for me and for the way, you know, I would prefer to enroll, you know, I think of that as maybe a little invasive. And so that would not be the way that I would prefer to enroll my benefits. And so, you know, I think there's pros and cons both ways. You know, with the loss of the personal touch, one of the things you can do to help make up for that is just turn on your camera. So if you're doing a virtual group meeting, have your camera on so people can see you. I personally pay more attention to a presentation when I can see the person versus when I'm just looking at a PowerPoint presentation. You know, give it that personal touch and keep people engaged. You know, and, and when you're working with call centers um, that, that are enrolling people one-on-one, -on -one, that's a question you can ask. Do your enrollers have, you know, cameras? Can the person who is enrolling in benefits, if they have the technology, can they, you know, view who and see who they're talking to as they're going through enrollment? 
And, you know, there's all kinds of visual cues that enrollers can use when they're on site in going through enrollments to, you know, see, you know, what are touch points with employee? Do they, um, how do they react to, you know, different statements or different plans? And so when you turn on the camera or have that capability, that really helps you pick up on those visual cues as well. The other couple things I would say is, you know, keep your virtual meetings as interactive as possible. Um, just don't talk at people. Um, you know, you want them to be engaged in benefits, right? And so the number one way to do that is when you're, you know, doing these virtual presentations, engage them. There's all kinds of great technology out there these days. And there's even technology where um, employees can pull into a, you know, a private room and ask questions. And so maybe you're doing a big group meeting um, that's virtual with your camera on. And then at the end of the meeting, employees can request, a, you know, a private room where they can ask personal questions that they might have. Um, so, it, you know, it still keeps it interactive, um, but in the, the new virtual environment that we're in. The last thing I would say is that, you know, simplify your message and offer employees advice, you know, if needed. You know, and what I mean by that is our, we have a fantastic communication and design team here at Hub, and I believe it's like a, a fiscal reading level is what they um, use as a standard for our benefit communications. And that's not to say that employees aren't savvy, but that's saying that, you know, your average American or person these days, you know, when it comes to benefit information is reading at like a fifth grade level. And, you know, for us in insurance, we seek insurance all day long. And so we know what HDHP and PPO and all these acronyms mean, but your average um, consumer doesn't. And so if you keep the message um, simple and if you, you know, offer advice, in different campaigns if needed. So it would be, you know, you're X years old and you have children at home. People that are similar to you, you know, are interested in these types of coverages to complement their medical. You know, that, that helps the consumer engage, it helps engage them and it helps them comprehend and understand what your benefits are as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is really important to keep in mind uh, how easy it can be for us to sometimes get lost in our own jargon and, uh, just uh, to make sure to, to simplify that for those who might not be uh, steeped in it all the time. Now, earlier you mentioned uh, possibly using a camera or some other technology to add a personal touch to some of these, these virtual enrollments. I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Um, what sort of tools are you seeing brokers use for, uh, for these enrollments? Are they using tools like Zoom to try and conduct individual or group educational meetings virtually? Yeah, we're seeing a lot, you know, a huge increase in the use of Zoom. I think everybody has their preferred te um, technology, whether it's Zoom or Skype or Microsoft Teams or GoToMeeting. You know, we try to, we, we use Zoom in-house mostly, but if we have a client that has a technology that they use often, so we know that it's something that the employees are used to using, you know, we'll try to use that one instead because, you know, we won't, there's a million different technologies out there at this point. And the last thing we want is for employees not be able to access information because they can't get logged into a meeting. And so, you know, the, those platforms are invaluable. Um, and especially those that have different um, features where you can, you know, communicate privately with people if they're interested. We're also seeing a lot of um, Novio brain charts, those recorded those technologies that will record like a group meeting for you or a group presentation so employees can access them on demand. One thing that's great about a lot of those types of technologies are that they a lot they can section off the um, products or the benefits. And so employees 
if they just want to learn about their FSA claim, can just click FSA and view the, you know, two to three minute presentation on the FSA. So it, you know, makes it more user friendly so they don't have to sit through the entire group meeting just to get the information that they need. Some of the other things we're seeing are e-guides, online portals. It's even more important to house information online for employees and their families to access 24-7 if they need benefits information. And then something that has increased significantly this year that our clients had, you know, previously been a little bit hesitant to do are email and text messaging campaigns. Um, we've had clients this year that in years past have said, I'm not interested in text a text messaging campaign. We can't do that with our employees. I don't want to bother them. That this year have come to us and said, we need text messaging. That's how they want information. That's the only way I can communicate with them. They're out in the field. So we need to communicate our benefits um, this year during open enrollment through that as a, a main point of communication. And so that's been very interesting as well. No kidding. We've uh, heard over the years some of those same concerns about uh, texting. And it's, it's interesting to see that the pickup is a lot uh, a lot uh, bigger now than it, than it would have been otherwise. It is. And there's actually been studies then that show your younger generations in their workforce, they don't want emails. They want this. And if it's very important, if it's important to them, they want it in a text message. And so I think we're in that generational shift now, too, where, you know, the younger demographics are saying, no, this is how I prefer information. So we have to, you know, do our best to accommodate that route of communication as well. Yeah. Um, Let's continue along the line of tools. At Assurity, we provide virtual communications and tools like custom websites and employee-facing educational product videos that uh, brokers can use to help connect with their clients. So as far as tools like these go, how important are they right now? And uh, how do you see brokers leveraging tools like these? I think they're really important. You know, we offer our clients, you know, everything and we let them, you know, we work with them to make a decision about what's going to be the best fit to communicate with their employees. And a lot of our clients, even some of the larger ones, just don't have a budget for, you know, custom portals and custom communications and all of that. And so anything that a carrier like Assurity can do to help us with communicating with employees, with housing information online, with that interactive experience, it makes a huge difference. And, you know, I, I know that we really appreciate that that capability that Assurity brings that to us as a no-cost solution as well. Now, these tools, of course, are, are used to overcome some of the challenges the brokers are finding in the market right now. From where from where you are, what if what do you see as some of the uh, biggest challenges the brokers are facing when moving to virtual enrollments? The number one challenge has always been cost. You know, is this as a brokerage? Is this something we want to offer in house? Is this something we want to outsource? Is it in states where you know it's available, we can help subsidize for the clients? So you know that cost question. You know, then we get to um, getting our clients, getting HR to adapt to the use of technology. And I will say, anytime you're implementing a new technology like a Ben Admin portal or HRS portal, it is cumbersome to, you know, get that set up, get your information loaded in there, um, get it loaded in there accurately, you know, sync it with payroll and all of that. And so it, it is a cumbersome process. So that's, that's a huge challenge for our clients where they might not have bandwidth in the HR team to work with a Ben Admin provider to, to even get that information in and set up, even though obviously it would probably be worth it for them in the long run. And then, you know, when it comes to the employee perspective, a lot of employees are used to, you know, the way they've always done things. And so, you know, they're used to coming into a group meeting every year. They're used to filling out a paper app. They're used to going to HR if they have questions about their benefits. And so, 
that learning curve of just getting the employees used to a different process. It's cumbersome for the clients, cumbersome for us. Again, I, I do think it's worth it in the long run, but it you know is definitely a challenge that we have to overcome that based on the demographics of your group might be easier in some cases and, and more difficult in other cases. What are some of the uh, other top concerns that brokers are sharing about conducting enrollments virtually? Um, platform selection, I think, is always a, a difficult um, you know, concern if the client is leaning on us to help provide them with a, a platform at little or no cost or just provide guidance on what would be the best fit for them. You know, I think that that's obviously, you know, that, that's been something we've struggled with for years is how, what's the best solution? Is it, you know, some of our, some brokerages out there have an in-house technology and it's kind of their, you know, solution for everything. Um, is that the best um, approach or is the best approach to outsource technology um, and, and let your client choose which system they can afford or which system that is the best fit for them? So I think, um, you know, platform selection costs um, for brokers are, are very important. And then the other thing I think um, would be important to add is that finding, and this isn't just, you know, in relation to the actual capturing the elections, but just finding the best solutions that will enroll and communicate with all employees of, you know, different generations and different demographics. You know, not all employees have mobile devices or technology at home to get information. And, and there are still some employees out there that don't have smartphones. And so, how do we, you know, reach all employees equally um, with benefits education tool or with benefits education and, and cap- then capture their elections from that as well? So I think it's just, you know, you really have to evaluate the needs of your group and the different um, demographics of their workforce and, and make recommendations that uh, will hopefully be able to appeal and um, engage everyone. Now, looking at the big picture is... Uh... Always, always a useful step when, when evaluating some of these concerns. And speaking of, for these last few questions, let's, let's take a step back and look at the big picture as across the, the industry. What do you think the future holds for voluntary benefits? Uh, post-pandemic, do you see brokers and employers, quote unquote, going back to traditional face-to-face meetings when it's safe to do so? There will be some groups that will prefer to go back to the way they were doing things before. Again, based on the demographics and needs of their employees and their comfort level. So I do think we will have some clients that prefer to go back that way. But I think for a lot of our clients, it's going to be a permanent transition. They've already invested time, money, and resources into putting together this virtual enrollment solution. And so why not just build on that strategy each year versus, you know, reverting back to, to what they were doing before. And, and I think, you know, after that technology is, is up and running, and after your first enrollment, I think the, you know, employee is now used to that way of doing things. And, you know, that's where their, their comfort level is as well. So we will have a few groups that will probably go back to the way they've done things in the past. But I think for the most part, you know, we're now in a virtual environment when it comes to educating employees on their benefits and taking their elections. And so why not just continue to build on that? And, um, you know, hopefully we have new technologies about as well that help us to do that even better year after year. Yeah, and you bring up a good point about the investment. Um, I'd be interested to see just how uh, voluntary enroll, or excuse me, virtual enrollments uh, stick around after 2020. So, what do you feel are some of the uh, keys to doing business in this 2020 pandemic enrollment season? Keys to doing business. Um, I think number one is adjusting to change. <laughs> you know, this 
from there are a lot of brokers that have changed the way they were doing business completely because they were, you know, everything was on site. Everything was a face-to-face meeting. Everything was on paper. And so being able to adjust to change has been huge. Um, I think thinking outside of the box, while we're doing things differently this year, we do have to think about enrollment differently as well. We have to, you know, really think outside of the box and try to understand the needs of our consumer and provide solutions that will appeal, appeal to them. And really just, we need to do our job as consultants and help our clients find the solutions that they need, um, whether it's, a, you know, a communication tool, whether it's a enrollment partner, et cetera. We just, I mean, we need to really do our job and focus on that um, very important education component of the benefits process. Yeah. Now, last, what are some of the best practices or steps that brokers can take now to position themselves for success immediately? And uh, also going into the January 1st of 2021 enrollments and uh, into re-enrollments next year? You know, I think um, in terms of best practices and things we can do now, we just need to do better. We need to, you know, really listen to our clients. We need to ask questions, especially if, if this is a big year that they've made changes in their enrollment process. We need to have a meeting with them to ask what worked, what didn't work. My favorite question is, in a perfect world, what would you envision? And so, you know, ask for that feedback because our clients know their employees the best. And they'll, I mean, I've never met a client that when you ask them for that feedback isn't upfront and honest with me and give it to me. And that feedback is invaluable to that relationship. And the other thing is, is that, you know, you can use that feedback um, for other clients as well. I, I had a... I've got a large grocery store client of mine, and we've, um, you know, got logistically have um, some challenges just communicating with all of their employees. And in one of my groups that we were implementing this year, um, the question came up of, can we put posters by the time um, the time box of all the employees come in and, and check in and check out when they come to work every day and put a QR code on that so they can, when they're checking or clocking in for the day, they can get their phone out, swipe the QR code, and then their benefits portal comes up for them right away with their cookie information. It was a great idea that I was able to take to another client. So, I, you know, I think, you know, being able, uh, able to leverage those different ideas and efficiencies that come up with, you know, across your client block, and especially when you're in similar industries, is important. A couple other things, you know, we're, Right now, we're given the blessing of our travel time back um, because a lot of groups have obviously decided to forego on-site enrollments this year. But with that, we still need to be effective in those solutions that we do provide to clients. And so reinvest that time saving into finding new and better solutions for our clients when it comes to educating their employees. And then um, I'd say the last thing is just be a resource for your clients. Um, at Hub, we've won, we've won a lot of groups this year because, you know, we've provided resources and information that, I mean, really didn't bring us revenue in the door, but it made us an invaluable resource for our clients when they were struggling to find information and answers about how to react to COVID. And so, you know, being a resource, you know, not just in the activities that bring revenue in the door, but makes you a trusted advisor to your client, even strengthens that relationship even more and can help you bring more um, clients in the door, they can see how invaluable your expertise is. Yes, uh, 100%. I think those are all going to be tips that uh, that should be, should be leveraged going into the enrollment season and even further. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience today, Heather? You know, I would just encourage us all to do better, work harder. Um, you know, where we are 
today when it comes to virtual enrollments, I'm sure is um, going to be far behind where we get to next year. And I, I love to see all of the new technology, you know, that that's coming out there to help communicate with our employees. And, you know, from the carrier perspective, Assurity is doing a, a great job in providing us with a lot of those resources today. And so for, for us as consultants, we appreciate that and, and being able to leverage that with our clients as well. Well, thank you. And thank you once again for coming on today and sharing your time with us. Uh, your perspective and uh, expertise here make for absolutely essential listening for anybody going to, to uh, virtual enrollments this year. So thank you for that, Heather. Thank you for your time today. And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in to Assurity's Focus on Voluntary Benefits. If you'd like to learn more about Assurity and our voluntary products, visit Assurity.com. You can also email us at podcast.assurity.com and we'll be happy to connect you with the sales team in your region. Thanks for listening. For producer use only, not for use with the general public, not for use in New York, Assurity is a marketing name for the mutual holding company, Assurity Group Incorporated, and its subsidiaries. The subsidiaries include but are not limited to Assurity Life Insurance Company and Assurity Life Insurance Company of New York. Insurance products and services are offered by Assurity Life Insurance Company in all states except New York. In New York, insurance products and services are offered by Assurity Life Insurance Company of New York, Albany, New York. Product availability, features, and rates may vary by state.